everyone, and welcome to the What's Up St. Charles podcast. I'm Nate. And I'm Nick. And we're going to have a fantastic episode. We're going to be brewing up some great questions and great talking points today as we're going to be talking with Ken Hendricks, who is the uh, president over at Alter Brewing Company here in St. Charles. So, yeah. Ken, great to see you. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thrilled to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate of course. It. Yeah. So, you know, we're excited to, you know, talk about Alter because you guys have a lot of cool things, you know, coming up and also have done some really cool things as well. But, yeah. you know, let's talk a little bit about yourself for people that may not know you. Oh, so, this, this can go quick. I hope. <laughs> Nobody's interested in me. Oh, I, I, don't sell yourself. Sure. Everybody. <laughs> um, so, tell us a little bit. Tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, how long have you been in St. Charles for or around the area for? And yeah. what are some of your favorite things to do here besides brewing beer, of course? Right, right. <laughs> you know, so I uh, I grew up in Bartlett. Illinois, okay. Yep. Right I'm, down the road. Yeah. So, uh, I'm, I'm dating myself, but. Uh, Bartlett High School wasn't built when I was in Bartlett, so I, I ended up going to Elgin High School. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've grown up uh, very close to St. Charles and have been aware of St. Charles for a long time. Actually, uh, I played basketball at Elgin High School, and we liked coming down to play St. Charles. Uh, we, we usually uh, had a pretty good run of uh, – at least the basketball arena when Elgin was playing St. Charles. You got us, you got us in football though. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, you know, I, I grew up pretty close to the area, so I, I had a really good working understanding, you know, of, of the community of St. Charles. Uh, as I as I got into uh, through my formative years and, and into uh, my of age years, certainly coming uh, home during the summers from University of Illinois, uh, me and my friends found ourselves imbibing in St. Charles quite a bit. Uh, you know, this is going back to the mid nineties, but, uh, yeah, we, uh, um, after school actually moved to Chicago as, as many folks, uh, did to pursue, you know, their professional careers. Yeah. Um, and I was in the city, gosh, 98 through 2021. So actually after we opened St. Charles. I was I was still in uh, living in Chicago, but uh, I got involved in Alter Brewing in 2018 ahead of the the St. Charles Restaurant Project. Yeah, and uh, you know we uh, we we weren't necessarily looking to looking to be in St. Charles. You know, we were, we were as we were growing and expanding, we were looking to understand, you know, what's the best opportunity. And I might be jumping ahead here, but. Uh, when we came across the the property and the opportunity to be where we are, yeah, you know, in that riverscape, mm-hmm. and the yeah. opportunity to have you know an, an outdoor patio adjacent mm-hmm. to that river, man, it uh, it just looked like a, just a fantastic opportunity, yeah, like a dream come true almost, like, yeah, you know, and, and like I said, I, I had a working understanding of the St. Charles community, but yeah, I hadn't spent you know significant time within it, um, and as cool as that opportunity for the property was and, and, uh, you know, the riverscape and, and just the setting, uh, once we opened and we actually got to understand and, and become intimate with the St. Charles community. Uh, wow. I mean, more impressive than the actual location is the actual community that it, yeah. it sits within and, and the support that uh, the community has given to not just alter, but, you know, craft beer and independent business. Absolutely. So, and, you know, I also want to talk about, you know, your, your time, you know, uh, brewing and, and your history with beer, because, you know, I, every, everyone yeah. has their, their part. So where did, where did you kind of get your start, like, you know, brewing and, and being in the world of beer? So I'm, I'm not a professional brewer. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's make sure we understand <laughs> that. And that's, that's good for everybody because I have home brewed. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah. And and really what I learned was there are so many people that know how to do this much better than I. <laughs> um, but, you know, I started in craft beer, really goes back to a bar that I worked at at uh, University of Illinois, Bub's Pub and Pizza. Okay. Which at the time, and, you know, gosh, it's 1994, 95, um, they had a great at the time craft beer selection yeah and and i was introduced to craft beer there through a beer called pete's wicked ale i don't know if you guys i have heard of it it. no they're not around anymore but they're they're out of new england okay obviously you know the wicked uh wicked smart beer but um (laughs) yeah and, and what i what i learned was oh my god you know Beer can actually have flavor and diversity of flavor, and, right? And and be interesting, other than you know the the old style that was in my dad's fridge, <laughs> you know, growing up. Hey, there's nothing. Yeah, there's wrong nothing with wrong with old, old style. style. Yeah. There's a time and a place for, for every beer. <laughs> Watch a Cubs game, pop yeah. up an old style, yeah. nothing better. Um, so I was introduced to just the world of craft beer, you know, kind of early in in my drinking uh, <laughs> my drinking days, okay. and uh, I, you know I, I just fell in love with the idea of it. I fell in love with the flavor profile. I fell in love with the artisanship. And, you know, so I, I invested in a homebrew kit, you know, and, and made my first batch. Yeah. And it was terrible. And, <laughs> but I invested in this homebrew kit, so I'm, I'm going to keep at it. Yeah. yeah. Well, what, 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 did, what was the, the brew kit for, like, for, like, an IPA or just, like, kind of like a standard, like, wheat beer? Yeah, or? I, was, I was trying to do, a, you know, just a, a knockoff of Two-Hearted Ale from, okay. from Bell's, right? Yeah. A yeah. knockoff uh, IPA. And what people don't, probably don't understand about brewing if they've never done it, it's kind of boring. Okay. Right? Yeah, well, because it's, it's a lot of fermentation, a lot of sitting, setting. So. Yeah, you know, so it, it's it's similar. It, you know, baking is all science and cooking is artisanship. Yeah. Well, in, in brewing, I would say it's 90% science and, and 10% artisanship. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of standing around watching kettles boil and ferment and steep and whatever, you know, whatever uh, verb we're, we're choosing during the brewing process. <laughs> um, and... Uh, the level of sanitation that you need to make sure that you're not getting, you know, any kind of bacteria or yep. microbes that will create off flavors uh, is is really what separates, you know, the uh, the men from the boys, so to speak. And uh, yeah, I, I wasn't uh, I wasn't so good in my early twenties at keeping a sanitary environment. <laughs> so you know, my beers had off flavors, and sure. you know, they 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 just came out average at best, and and many were below average. So yeah, I just realized, gosh, there's so many people that do this much better than I, but you know, I never lost the passion yeah. uh, for the industry or, or sure. uh, learning more about it or wanting to be in it. I just realized that the brew side of the equation wasn't for me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so what beers do you find that you gravitate most towards? Is it sure. IPAs, uh, hazy, sours? You know, I, I have an appreciation for all the styles. Yeah. You know, I, I've done some judging, and, and you know, I understand what each style is trying to achieve. Yeah. Um, so I kind of ebb and flow you know, at, at different ranges of, of the craft beer spectrum, depending on my mood. But uh, predominantly, I'm a, I'm a fan of what I call grown-up IPAs, traditional mm-hmm. IPAs. Um, I actually had a, a, a stint, a four- or five-year stint with Stone Brewing. Okay. Uh, yeah. They're based out of San Diego, seventh sixth, seventh largest craft beer producer uh, in the country. Uh, I managed a Midwest sales and distribution network for them. But, you know, they were, they had the reputation deservedly so for being, you know, the, the preeminent IPA brewery, craft brewery, Mm -hmm. if not the country, the the whole world. Uh, So I learned to appreciate what good IPAs were 
during my time with Stone. And yeah, that's that's the style I, I gravitate towards. Awesome. And I do want to ask because, I mean, obviously you have such an impressive background in the craft brewery uh, industry and because it is such a popular um, thing nowadays, what advice would you give someone who is maybe looking to get into the craft beer industry themselves? Understand whether this is a cool idea to be in beer mm-hmm. yeah, or whether it's a true passion. Um, you know, so I, I would say start walking into the shallow end of the pool as opposed to diving into okay. the deep end. Um, understand if, if this is really something that you want to do professionally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately what I'm saying is gain experience, you know, do an apprenticeship, uh, do an internship. Uh, the College of DuPage has a, a great uh, craft beer uh, program. Oh, cool. and, and, you know, we work with a lot of those students oh, coming that's out. Great. Um, but it sounds like a cool idea. It's like, you know, what am I going to do for my, the rest of my life? Uh, well, I'm going to get into craft beer. Awesome. Do you have any <laughs> idea what that entails? Yeah. Um, because it's supply chain challenges. Sure. And mm-hmm. as I said, you know, a lot of biology and chemistry and sanitation. Right. You know, and making sure you don't sample too much of the of what you're making, you know. <laughs> well, <there laughs> you got to do quality tests, but, you know, not too many. <laughs> well, there, yeah. I mean, there are trappings in this industry. You know, there's on the hospitality side, there's late nights, there's yeah. okay. you know, events. Um, and, you know, being in this industry for as long as I have been, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of folks that, um, you know, fall victim to, you know, alcoholism and, and, you know, don't understand that, you know, some moderation is is needed if you're going to be in this business. Right. Um, You know, you can't just, you know, have five, six, seven, eight beers a day, Mm -hmm. uh, every day for the period of years and and expect to come out the other end in in good shape. You won't. Um, And yeah, it's, it's a, it's a trapping that you need to be aware of that can happen. And, And I've seen folks, you know, lose sight of that and, and get carried away and, you know, either have to leave the industry uh, by doctor's orders or, or hopefully not for anything more tragic. But yeah. um, it's it's a concern to be aware of if you're going to come into this industry, no doubt about it. Yeah, absolutely. So just a quick question. Did you work in restaurants before you? Yeah. Okay. So before you started working in the craft beer scene in college, you had that experience with restaurants before? Yeah, my, my first, uh, I mean, gosh, I've been in hospitality in one shape or form really since 1991. My okay. first job in okay. high school, is I worked at Cinnabon at Stratford Square Mall, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I think Stratford's about to close, which is sad, but another conversation for another time. Um, and then getting into college, you know, my sec- or my you know, my side job in college to earn extra dollars, you know, was in restaurants. Okay. Then, you know, I moved to Chicago and, and, you know, I had a technical sales career with a software company uh, Monday through Friday, but on the weekends I was always bartending. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the, the dot-com bubble burst, I ended up getting laid off from that sales job and I started bartending, you know, full time until I found my next, you know, professional, um, landing spot. And at the same time that that had happened, a friend of mine from Elgin High School started Bottleneck Management, which okay. was a restaurant group that now has, gosh, 16, 20 some odd locations. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was with them as the general manager of their first restaurant. This would be nineteen nine no, two thousand and five. And I was with them through twenty fifteen. You know, mm-hmm. we built one restaurant into ten at wow. the time that I had left. Wow. Um that's why I, I left them because I really wanted to get into the craft beer yeah. Yeah. uh world. Um as a as a, as you know, an entrepreneur on the supply side of the industry. Yeah. But the only thing I knew about craft beer is I made a phone call and a distributor brought 
my beer to me. So that's yeah. how I landed at Stone. I wanted to see the supply side of the business. Okay. And after doing that for about four or five years, uh, I was able to get involved as a consultant with Alter, and they liked me. I liked them, and uh, we carved out a path for me to become a partner. And yeah, and here we are. Now the rest is history. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, and I also kind of want to talk about that too. You know, going from you know a major distributor with you know Stone to now working at you know Alter. You know, you guys have a few locations. You know, yeah. What's kind of the the differences and maybe some of the challenges that you know you faced at either one of the breweries? So, well, the challenges with restaurant touring, you know, today I, I think are more societal, okay, uh, than than anything else. You know, and and when you think about it, Gen Z or you know, the folks twenty one to thirty call it, you know, they grew up with devices in their hands that solved all of their questions they solved uh you know desires um if they want something to eat they can order it on their phone yeah um and even romantic interest you know i I mean this is another story for another time but you know (laughs) in the city in my 20s you know we went out a lot and we went out to meet meet girls yeah Yeah. you know i mean that's the reality of it um kids don't have to go out to meet girls or boys or whatever it is right you know they 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 have that access on on their device you know and i don't know if there's been a study on this but you know i would venture a guess that the first two or three dates of a relationship have probably been cut out from the hospitality industry and and are now happening through a device okay um you know and when you think about that at a macro level that's a lot of people not going out right right um i also think that people are healthier now you know i I Mm -hmm. think they're making different decisions around their lifestyle um which is great yeah um so you know the fridays and saturdays are are still very dynamic but you know the the traffic monday tuesday wednesday uh societally i don't know if that's even a word but it is i like it so it sounds good to me um (laughs) just it's just uh it's not part of the fabric of our society the way they used to be yeah um so from a a hospitality restaurant perspective well and then COVID hit right yes COVID changed everything majorly it it reinforced all these ideas that you know the seeds had already been planted you know so for two three years uh you know as a society you know not just folks that grew up with devices in their hand but folks that didn't became very accustomed to using that device Mm -hmm. to, to solve questions yeah um on the brewing craft beer side of the business and one of the reasons that alter started opening up restaurants was that it became very saturated very quickly um you know in 2012 when alter's business plan was written you know there were about two maybe three thousand breweries in the country yeah um and in the state of illinois maybe 40 or so Uh, and i'm I'm kind of ballpark guessing here but i think i'm pretty close um, when they opened in 2015, those numbers had doubled. And last year, there were over 9,000 breweries in the country and over wow. 300 in Illinois. So what, what happened was there's, you know, there's a finite amount of restaurant tap handles. There's a finite amount of shelf space at retail, right. you know, liquor stores, grocery. And now you had all these players you know, yep. clamoring for that space. And, and you know, the, the craft breweries that will get through this you know, saturation point are the ones that you know, understand how to be successful mm-hmm. without necessarily having to win at retail, yep. uh, right? Because it's just so competitive. I mean, and and Chicago in the Chicagoland area, you know, is in the center of the country. So you've got all these West Coast breweries that want to be in Chicago, and all the yep. East Coast. I would argue that Chicago is the most competitive craft beer market in the country. Okay, um, you know, you've got 
six, 700 sales reps that are pounding on doors every day trying to get their beer onto shelves and, and into bars and restaurants. Right. And as, as much success as a salesperson can have, you know, you've got a hundred salespeople that are going to show up in front of that buyer in the next yeah. few days and try to undo the work that you did. So long story short, you know, in 2017, 18 is when Alter really decided, okay, we need to have direct relationships, you know, with our fans mm -hmm. and, and consumers. And, and if this thing is going to grow and be successful, uh, we can't rely on the retail trade, you know, to, yeah. to hit our growth model. So that's what they did, you know, and that's when I came into the equation, you know, not just with my stone experience, uh, with my restaurant experience, came on as a consultant ahead of the, the St. Charles project. Right. Yeah. No. And, you know, the altar, you know, here in St. Charles is so awesome. And we're going to get to talking about that in a little bit. Yeah. Um, but to wrap up our first segment here. So, you know, we have our, our silly question just to, you know, go through that. So, you know, if you had to choose one altar uh, brew that best described your per personality, uh, what which one would it be and why? I got to give this a little thought. <laughs> um. Well, one of the great things about independent craft beer is is that there are, there's no shortage of stories behind the genesis of why a beer was created. Yeah. Um, so today I'm going to identify with a new release that we just put out called Rally Point IPA. Rally Point, which is uh, one here on the table. Here, <laughs> which is here. I know it's a little earlier in the day, but... Uh, there was a condition in my contract that we had to have a beer on this podcast. So at some point, <laughs> we're going to try that. But um, Rally Point IPA is is a West Coast IPA, which is a style that I certainly gravitate towards, right? So it's, it's going to be very hop forward, fantastic aromas, um, definitely that the bitterness that you like to have in a traditional IPA. Um, so it's a style I gravitate, gravitate towards uh, just my palate preference, but the idea behind the beer was to raise uh, dollars and awareness for military and, and first responder okay. organizations. Awesome. And that's, that's uh, you know, that's why we called it Rally Point. Oh, yeah, so I, I want yeah, to rally. Right? Yep, so yep, what, are you, yep. what are you rallying for? Um, and yeah, it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of military history, uh, first responder history, you know, with the ownership group at Alter, certainly with a lot of our, our staff. Um, and it's, it's a group that, you know, there's a lot of budget and, and support for on the front end of their careers and engagement. But things happen during that, you know, during that career and their engagement uh, where they need more support on the back end. Um, and yeah. that's really what this is designed to do. So um, on Tuesdays at all alter locations, uh, portions of proceeds from the sale of Rally Point IPA go towards first responder awesome. and military organizations. First quarter, we're working with uh, Semper Fi and America's Fund. Yeah, that does a, a ton of work uh, uh, with military veterans, uh, disabled or, or deceased, uh, and if they're deceased, to support the family. So, uh, gold star families, as they're called. Yeah. So yeah, we uh, it's important to us, and uh, we're, we're thrilled to have this new beer out there yeah. uh, that's going to raise dollars and awareness towards that cause. Absolutely, well, I know you guys have some other community involvement too. We'll get to that yeah. in part two. So we're going to be right back, everyone, after these short messages. So stay tuned. Hello everyone.
and welcome to the Break Between the Podcast. It's Nate, and I hope you've been enjoying our episode so far and getting to learn about one of our amazing businesses here in St. Charles. We have so much great content coming up for you here in 2024, so I hope you can stick around and listen to all the amazing episodes that we have lined up. 2024 is in full swing, so make sure to mark your calendars for some of our upcoming events that you don't want to miss out on. Without further ado, let's get to talking about some of those events. First up is the St. Charles St. Patrick's Parade, which is on Saturday, March 9th. There are plenty of activities to explore that day, so let's go through them a little bit. First up, you'll have the Shamrock and AK and One Mile Family Fun Walk. This will start at 10 a.m. over at Potawatomi, so come out for a scenic walk and run before the parade. They will also be having a celebration at Pollyanna after the race. For more information, visit brewhopfunrun.com. That morning will also be the opening ceremony over at McNally's Traditional Irish Pub starting at 11 a.m. The celebration will will be over in the McNally side of First Street Plaza where you can come see amazing Irish dance performers and entertainment. Also before the parade, you can come check out the Lucky Photo Station, which is sponsored by McNally's Heating and Cooling. Come take a festive photo at the photo station located on Riverside Avenue across from Pollyanna Brewing. To top it all off is the St. Patrick's Parade, which is presented by St. Charles Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram. The parade brings thousands of people to Lyon Main Street and see all of the St. Patrick's splendor. The parade will start at 2 p.m. on Saturday, March 9th, so make sure to mark your calendar so you don't miss this amazing community event. Check out our website at stcstpatricksparade.com for all of the day of information. All of these events and more are also located on our Travel St. Charles app, so make sure if you haven't, download the Travel St. Charles app on Apple or Android to get all of your St. Charles information on events and much more. Thank you all again for listening. Let's get back into the podcast to find out what's up, St. Charles. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the What's Up St. Charles podcast. We're going to go into part two where we're going to talk more about altar brewing and kitchen here in St. Charles. So let's start with the basics, Ken. You know, where are you guys located and what are you guys' hours? Yeah, so we, we're located on the west bank of the, the Fox River, mm-hmm. just immediately south of, of Main Street. So across, uh, across the plaza from La Mesa, Kitty Corner from Zaza's. Yep. And, um, if you're listening to this podcast, I think you know where that's at. <laughs> yes, very true. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, what are your guys' hours for yeah. people that may not be familiar? Yeah, so seven days a week uh, we're open. In the off-season, we're closed for lunch Monday through Thursday, but are open for lunch. And when I say off-season, uh, non-summer hours. Okay. Um, May through September, we are going to be open for lunch seven days a week. Um, so, yeah, we open up uh, 4 o'clock Monday through Thursday. Okay. And then uh, 11 a.m., Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And it'll be seven days a week at 11 a.m. Uh, come May. Okay. Sounds great. And, uh, you know, let's talk through, you know, of course, you know, the drink and food menus. Obviously, you know, drink, you guys got your craft beer on there. But, you know, mm-hmm. food menus, what people can find there. I know, you know, you guys have been here for a while. People probably tried you out. But for people that may not be familiar, let's talk about it a little bit. So, yeah. So, you know, one of the, one of the aspects of, of – our you know brew pub concept whatever you want to call it yeah was you know we never wanted a uh, a fan or, or a group of folks making a decision to go out having one person in that group not drink beer and being able to kill the idea of coming to alter because one person didn't drink beer yeah so we have a well curated wine program 
craft oh, okay. cocktails, yep. spirits, so that on the beverage side, uh, it's not just beer. Yeah. You know, and I, I kind of liken our offering, uh, and this is a gross, gross reference, but I'm going <laughs> to make it. You know, people go to see Paul McCartney sing Beatles tunes because he's Paul McCartney, right? Yeah. Um, but the rest of his band is really, really good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you might come for to alter you know, for, for our beer, but oh, by the way, the spirits and the wine and, and the food is really, yeah. really good. Yes, it is. Right? As I said, I, I can't believe I just compared Alter to Paul McCartney. <laughs> it, was, it was a gross, gross reference, but I think it illustrates uh, the point I was trying to make. Yes. Um, you know, and then, and then on the food side, you know, we're not going to win a Michelin star. That's that's not what we're going for. It, you know, we really describe it as altered comfort food. So, we, you know, we take some some classics that people are, are used to seeing and try mm-hmm. to put our spin on it. Uh, executive chef Adam Tanner you know, leads the culinary team. And, uh, you, you know, you can expect, you know, great portion sizes, mm-hmm. you know, at yeah. a fair price. Yeah. Whatever a fair price means to people these days. But we believe a fair competitively priced uh, Yeah. Uh, sizable portion um, in a great fun environment with great hospitality, you know, and that that's really our focus, you know, shutting down from COVID. We lost so many great people from the industry, yeah. you know, and obviously they had to make ends meet and they, they found a way to make the same living. But what happened was they got their nights and their weekends back. Okay. You know, so, uh, and, and they're not coming back to the industry because of that lifestyle change yeah. and them becoming accustomed to it. You know, I read an article, and I, I apologize that I'm not able to cite the source, but uh, the sentiment was that prior to COVID in Illinois, the average experience of a hospitality member was six or seven years. Okay. And today that's closer to two or three. Okay, yeah, so you're cutting that in half, basically, if, if not more. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so, you know, there's there's still labor crunch in the, in the hospitality industry. There's no doubt about that. And the people that we do have uh, don't have the experience level that, that folks were accustomed to prior to COVID. Now, there's there's upside to that, too, because they potentially don't have bad habits and, and you can train them in the proper way. But, yeah. you know, it, it's shifted yeah. our training methodology in, okay. in that, you know, we can't take for granted that folks are coming in you know, knowing what they used to know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you, you know, you really have to cover some of the 101 type level mm-hmm. hospitality information yeah. with them before you can build to the two and the 300 level. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's true. So I want to talk a little bit. I know we touched on it earlier, but your outdoor patio space, because it's absolutely beautiful yeah, right thanks. next to the Fox River. So in the spring and summer, I know you have, you know, tables out there, but you guys also have a container bar. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that and maybe the inspiration for that? Yeah, so these these had become in vogue. You know, I, I first saw them in Colorado, I don't know, 2016, 2017. Um, you know, and there's there's a lot of expense in, in building structure. You know, mm-hmm. let me back up. We wanted to have an energetic, vibrant uh, patio adjacent to the Riverscape. Yeah. Um, and, and having a, a bar environment or, or bar structure uh, obviously creates a different vibe and different energy. Mm-hmm. We think a higher energy um, for that experience. So we, we wanted to have an outdoor bar, mm-hmm. you know, and everybody's been on vacation yeah. in a warm climate. And, you know, there's a poolside bar, there's mm-hmm. a bar off the beach yep. or what have you. <laughs> you know, in this climate, people love being outside when the weather allows them. And uh, so we, we wanted to have that dynamic on the patio, you know, and, you know, the expense of building a structure um, is more 
than the expense of refurbishing a shipping container and <laughs> turning that you know into the use yeah into the bar use right um so yeah i, I think from you know, and, and it, it's not a new concept, um, but there hadn't been a lot of those done in Illinois. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was a a more cost-effective solution yeah. um, that we thought was pretty innovative. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was a proven concept that I'd seen work in other geographies. Yeah. And uh, as a partnership, we said, yeah, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Let's let's give it a go. Yeah. Well, I mean, it looks amazing out there. So. And I think the know. uniqueness adds yes. adds to a lot too. Yeah. Yeah. So. And then we went a step further and we put a second deck on it. Yeah. Um, which which did a couple things. There's a you know, there's a parking deck due, yeah. due south of that container bar structure. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was appeal, not just for Alter, but there's there's appeal, you know, within the political class of having that second deck because it shielded the sight lines from Main Street to that parking structure. Mm. Um, so it was cool that, you know, it was kind of a, a win-win, you know, yeah. not just for the operator, but the political classes as, well, as well, that they saw it as being beneficial because it, you know, it improved the sight line um, of downtown from Main Street. And that second deck serves as really just an observation area that folks can go up and sit and have, you know, a beautiful northerly view of the yeah. Fox River yeah. downtown. Very cool. So I want to shift seasons a little bit yeah. to the, the colder months. And, you know, this is one of the many really, really cool things I think about mm-hmm. at Alter Brewing is the igloos that you guys have. So we, we call them Alpen Globes. Alpen Globes. Okay. Alpen Globes. Okay. Alpen, well, that's, Globes. that's what the company that manufactures them okay. calls yes. them okay. <laughs> But, yeah, I, I think igloo, you know, gives, gives a, a visual image of kind of the vinyl geodesic design yeah. uh, that when COVID first hit, yeah. everybody scrambled, you know, to put up and we did our first year also. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Alpen Globes were actually manufactured as a function of COVID happening. So mm-hmm. they're, they're made by a company out of Salt Lake City. Okay. okay. And that company, before manufacturing Alpen Globes, manufactured conference and trade show exhibits, booths, etc. Mm-hmm. Well, when COVID hit, that business dried up. Um, so they started making these things. And, mm-hmm. and one of our partners, Doug Loxler, he, uh, he was out in Utah, uh, maybe that first or second year during COVID, and he, yeah. sa- he started seeing these things. Mm-hmm. And he's like, those are really cool. Yeah. Uh, and he brought back the idea to the partnership, and clearly we you know, made the investment to get them. Um, to my knowledge, there are 11 of those east of the Mississippi River. Okay. There are seven in Wisconsin. Uh, the Lowlands Restaurant Group okay. operates those, and, and we they had them before us, so they're gracious enough to talk to us about the uh, <laughs> the do's and don'ts. But yes. um, uh, and then the other four of those eleven are here in St. Charles, and yeah. you know we we were very concerned that we'd bring them in during COVID, and as COVID waned, yep. would they be as popular? And they're actually more popular today than they were during COVID. Yeah. It's just such a cool uh, experience. I mean, what you guys have done with them is a huge, you know, thing too, you know, adding the music in there. So yes. that way, you know, you can hook up your, mm-hmm. your phone to it and play what music that you want to listen to. Like, yeah. you know, I, you guys have done a huge job making those like not just a, uh, you know, space to stay warm in, but making it feel homey yes. and warm and vibrant. So, yeah. Well, and, and we believe, you know, as this uh, Plaza project, you know, comes to completion, um, even before the, the project, you know, we always thought that they were an additive aesthetic, yeah. you know, to the plaza landscape, so to speak. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they, they're, they're certainly a, a, uh, a visual draw that people notice. 
um, aren't used to seeing, as we talked about. Yeah. And uh, people love being in them. So we're, yeah. we're, we're thrilled that the interest has, has lasted, you know, now year three that we've had them. And we hope to continue doing them. Absolutely. Very cool. So I want to talk, go back a little bit to talk about the beer. Yeah. If somebody's coming into Alter for the first time, they're looking to get a flight. Mm-hmm. What beers need to be on that flight to give the person the best taste of what Alter Brewing's about? Well, we, we always like to start the the conversation of what beers do you normally grab, gravitate yeah. towards? Yeah. You know, so, you know, if the answer to that question is, you know, I, I drink, you know, Miller Bud, you know, what, what have you, you know, a, a, an American uh, light lager uh, is that category of beer. Um, and they have no experience with craft beer. We're not going to take them to a double IPA right away. <laughs> right. Uh, right. That's, that's just a recipe for turning them off. On yeah. the idea of craft mm-hmm. beer, so you know we we have some gateway beers mm-hmm. as we like to call them. Yeah, know, some lower alcohol by volume, um, you know, non-polarizing. No, I shouldn't say polarizing, but it, it, less aggressive flavor profiles. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Alterado, our Mexican style lager, mm-hmm. which our our head brewer Matt McCowan, uh, who came up through the Lagunitas uh, Brewing Tree, uh, is quoted as saying it's the best beer he's ever made. It's not his favorite beer. But with with a Mexican style light or Mexican style lager, it's such a delicate style that there's no room for errors to hide. Okay. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's no masking of, of off flavors or anything yeah. like that. Uh, so to style and, and what Matt was shooting for with that beer, uh, he's really really proud of it. So, you know that would that would be you know. Uh, associated with you know, a, a, a Modelo is a great yeah. example, or Dos Equis. Yep. Yeah. Um, so we use that beer as one of our gateway beers, right? It's like, okay, well, let's let's try a craft beer that has a little more fuller flavor. Centerline is another one of those beers as a gold nail. Mm-hmm. Um, so to get back to your question, beer one would be probably Alterado, right? So, yep. you know, here's, here's a full-flavored craft beer. It's a Mexican-style lager, so, you know, it's not going to be overly hopped. It's not going to be, you know, uh, overly malted. Um, it's going to be crisp, nice dry finish, and we're going to start there. And anytime you're sampling beers, you always want to move from lightest, uh, from a hop characteristic point of view, to more bitter beers towards the end. Because yeah. As you, if you start out with a big double IPA, you know, that, that bittering, the bitterness of that beer it's, it's going to affect your palate as you okay. sample after the fact. So mm-hmm. we always want to save those beers to the end. Right. Um, so, yeah, we would start with Alterado or Centerline. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's kind of an intro. Uh, from there, we would move to Hopular Kid. You know, and this is really our flagship, Hopular Kid Pale Ale. Okay. You know, so now we're introducing, you know, some citrus notes, some, mm-hmm. some passion fruit notes um, in a pale ale. So, you know, it's only five, five and a half percent. Um, but now you're getting a really nice, full-flavored, true craft beer. Right. You know, and, and, you know, when you think about most, one of the most successful craft beers of all time, you know, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, there's a reason why it had that type of success. And, yep. and because it's not a really, it's perfectly balanced, mm-hmm. uh, delicious beer, not, you know, over the top from an ABV, ABV alcohol by volume perspective. Right. Uh, so then we go to Popular Kid, our, our flagship. Uh, today, I would take them then to Rally Point. IPA, okay. yep. uh, not just for what it represents because of how delicious it is. And, <laughs> and this is an IPA, right? So, you know, the, the, the craft beer mu- movement in the U.S., you know, IPAs drove a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 46% of all craft beer consumed today is still a hop-forward varietal, you know, a pale ale, IPA, hazy IPA, what mm-hmm. have you. 
Um, and then we would finish with uh, one of our AI beers. Yeah. So, and we we're going to talk about yes. that too, because we're uh, we're curious, like you know, how those came about, and you know, what yeah. was kind of the, well, the story. Well, I'll tell you with the that. one that's going to finish off the flight, and then I'll tell you the story. Yes. So, uh, Dwight D. Smorzenhauer. <laughs> I love it. Which, which is a uh, you know a big chocolate marshmallow stout. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> um, and that, that's how I'd finish off the flight, right? So you, you've got kind of your gateway beer or, or that that. Alterado, our Mexican style lager that really shows off, you know, our ability to brew, yeah, you know, really clean, well done beers. Our flagship pale ale. We're going to get a little hoppier with Rally Point and talk about the story of, of why we did that beer, and then we're going to finish with this big dessert stout yeah. that uh, was somewhat generated by AI. I love it. I love it. So yeah, let's let's talk about you know the AI beers because I think that's just so cool that you know that they came together, especially with how popular you know, Chat GPT and everything yeah. is. So yep. Tell us a story with that, you know, so, how did that come about? Yeah, so about a year ago now, so, you know, spring, late winter, early spring of last year when ChatGPT and AI started becoming accessible, um, and you, you read, heard, read news stories of how people were using it, you know, we, we looked at the organization in every department and say, you know what, this isn't going anywhere, so we might as well figure out what it's all about and how we can use it, right? Yeah. If we should use it. Um, so... On the brew team, you know, they basically, and, and really what we learned is, you know, utilizing this as a tool, and that's what it is, it's a tool, Yep. Uh, you, you have to get savvy at knowing how to prompt the tool to get the responses back that, that you want. Uh, and I'll tell you a good, story, a good story about that. But in essence, we wanted to do a series of beers where the, the base idea around the flavor profile of the beer, you know, was generated by AI. AI can spit out a recipe, but that recipe you know, could, you be disaster. could be a disaster. <laughs> you know, it's not sophisticated enough to know that we're brewing on a, a 20 barrel system and doing a couple turns and fermenting in 40 barrel fermenters. Yeah. Um, you know, with certain yeast or whatever. Yeah. Our, you know, our house yeast is, is different than the yeast that it recommended. So our brewers, you know, took that base recipe, um, tweaked it, and made it work for them as well as our system. Uh, and then brew the beer. And then we look to AI for the, the label design. Um, you know, and I, I know there's, you know, some different opinions, you know, on, on whether or not you're actually taking, you know, art away, mm-hmm. you know, from a, an existing artist or an opportunity for an existing artist to, to do that. Um, so, that, you know, the AI stuff that we use, obviously, it's public domain. And we do all our artwork in-house anyway. Yeah. Uh, with uh, Adam... Uh, Hooksko, who's our marketing manager, he does all of our graphic design. Yeah. So you know, for Adam, he he wasn't offended that he wasn't going to be able to spread his artistic wings. Wings. He has plenty of opportunity to do that. So, you know, fundamentally, we didn't think we were taking business away from an artist. You know, for this six beer series. Yeah. Um, and it it gave us six beers and six label designs, and the the final of the series is Dwight D. S'mores an hour. And there's a there's a picture of. Uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower, uh, an image of Dwight D. Eisenhower, you know, essentially, you know, sitting or, or laying next to a bed of marshmallows. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And yeah. That's the fun of a, a small independent craft brewery of our scale. You know, we can do this stuff and, and just have fun with things. That, and, if, you know, if people get it and like it, great. If they don't, well, that's okay, too. But, yeah, um, we had a lot of fun with it. The artistry in the inputs, I mentioned that earlier. Yeah. So... 
in, in our Downers Grove main production facility, we have a ton of, of high-end um, car maintenance facilities. I mean, there's no okay. shortage of Porsches and Lamborghinis and Ferraris that come through our parking lot, um, you know, to get serviced at these facilities. So when we put in the prompts, we were like, you know, how do we tie in, you know, high-end car maintenance, whatever. Yeah. So they, they said we should do a beer that incorporated paint chips like the Ferrari red paint chips. (laughs) Okay. Like, okay, well, so we're going to take a chisel (laughs) to a Ferrari. That's not going to work. And I'm pretty sure uh, it's not going to be safe to put paint chips in a beer. Probably not, yeah. You you can't just drink from the AI Kool-Aid, right? Yeah. You've got to understand uh, what you're trying to achieve and what what direction they're pointing you in. But anyway. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So Yeah, so I'm going to talk a little bit about the Alter Brewing Community Give Back Program. Yeah. Can we touch on that a little bit, you know? How did it originate first off? You know, it's, uh, we, we get solicited and that's not a negative term, but it's, it's accurate. We get solicited hundreds of times in a year, multiple times a day Yeah, for beer donations, gift cards to auctions, uh, volunteering our time, um, what have you. And, you know, as much as we want to, uh, we say yes to a lot, um, but we also you know, didn't say yes to a significant portion of those, whether there wasn't a relationship, blah, blah, blah. So really it, it begged the question, and, and this is about two months ago, you know, how do we develop a formal program that answers the question of doing more mm-hmm. um, with more of these organizations, these local community, community-based organizations that do such great work, um, but develop deeper relationships and, and do it in a more mutually beneficial way, you know, as opposed right. to just us, you know, throwing out a gift card in one auction. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we came up with the idea of the community give back program, which is really simple in design. Mm-hmm. And if, if you're, you know, a local community based 501 C three organization, uh, we'd love to part with you on a Monday or a Wednesday. So one of our off nights, um, where a portion of proceeds from that evening get donated back, to the organization, mm-hmm. you know, so an event of that type isn't a new idea, right? But formalizing the idea, committing to it, you know, two nights a week for a 52 week calendar, um, we think that's kind of a new idea. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and, and just, you know, really diving in and forming deeper relationships mm-hmm. with these organizations that do so much for the community. Absolutely. Um, you know, we, we ask that they support their night via social media um, and and bring whoever they can bring. Um, yeah. But there's no expectation around that. And it's not just a portion of the proceeds of the folks that the organization brings to that evening. It's the entirety of the the population that comes to yeah. us that day. Um, so we, we actually had our first one last night here in St. Charles. Awesome. Um, we worked with uh, Fox Valley United Way. Awesome. You know, yeah, they, yeah. They, you know, they were able to bring in, you know, maybe three, four tables worth of, okay. of guests so guys wouldn't be there, but they took advantage of the folks that were already there also. And, and you know, we're going to be writing them a check at the end of the week, you know, for that's a couple hundred bucks. And, awesome. That's great. You know, it, it will never be a big windfall of cash for an organization, no. But every little bit helps. Every little bit helps. Um, you know, having a beer is great. Having a beer and supporting a great cause is even better, mm-hmm. right? So the idea is, is every Monday – Every Tuesday through the rally point proceeds going to military and first responders. Yep. And again, every Monday and Wednesday, this community give back program. Um, if you're coming to Alter Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, 
you're supporting something other than just you know local business and local jobs. You're also supporting local uh, community-based organizations mm-hmm. um, that benefit all of us. Awesome. Either directly. That's really or, great. Yeah, yeah. Really great that you yeah. guys do. So thank you. Yeah, um, and I, I tell you, I, I I struggled with the idea in that I've never been a big believer of of marketing the stuff that you do in this vein, but you know the more we talked about it. The reality is, is that I, I think people enjoy knowing where, where their dollars are going. So, yeah, definitely. You know, I'm completely transparent that yes, we you know we do this program on Mondays and Wednesdays to help spur a little traffic on our slower days, but uh, we think the benefit far outweighs uh, oh, yeah. whatever yeah. you know angles people might think we're trying to take to uh, to put more folks through the door. I mean, we're transparent there, but um, you know, we th- we think. You know, this will be tens of thousands of dollars, you know, to local community charities donated over the course of a year. Yeah. So, awesome. That's wonderful. So do you have any, uh, I guess, nonprofits kind of lined up that you can talk about for following weeks or? Yeah. Um, you know, we've always done a lot of work with Lazarus House mm-hmm. um, here in the community. Uh, we've got Anderson Humane, which is coming up in February. Yep. Uh, February 14th, as a matter of fact. Um, EKGs for EGK. Uh, which is a, a great organization, actually started by a high school classmate of mine, uh, Tracy Kuntz. Tracy lost her sister. Uh, her sister was either you know, in college um, to a heart episode, an undiagnosed heart episode. So Tracy's organization essentially screens high school students. You know, they give them EKGs. Yeah. Um, gosh, she's been doing this now maybe coming up on a decade. I think she's you know done it with 50, 60 local high schools. Yeah. And, you know, they've found tens of undiagnosed heart episodes, maybe more, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, who knows how that situation would have ended up had not uh, that EKG. Yeah, if it hadn't been diagnosed and, you know, caught, yeah. Yeah, you know, so that's a great example, you know, of, of a local group that uh, is doing so much good. Yeah. Most folks probably have never heard of before. Um, but we're going to have Tracy and her group in four times this year, once a quarter, and, and you know raise some dollars so that they can get more high school kids EKG screenings. Yeah, wow. absolutely. It really is great. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and of course, if people want to find out more about Alter, what's the best place that people can find out more about you guys or find out more about the program? Yeah. So feel uh, all the information is on our website, alterbrewing.com. Yep. Uh, if you want to, if you're immediately interested and you want to have a conversation right away, uh, send an email to give back at alterbrewing.com. Okay. Um, those actually come straight to me. Oh, perfect. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll have a conversation. We, we've already got 40 of the, 40% of the Mondays and Wednesdays from now through the, the rest of the year booked here wow. in St. Charles. So, That's awesome. That's really um, great. Yeah, the first few weeks of, of bookings have gone really well. Uh, I anticipate that we'll have most of those booked through the end of the year. So if you're interested, let us know. Absolutely. So, well, Ken, awesome job. Just one more question for you. Is there anything that you'd like to say to the St. Charles community before we wrap up here? Thank you. Um, we opened in May of 2020. Yeah. Uh, so two months into uh, into COVID. Uh, then as we get through you know, COVID, and it's somewhat in the rearview mirror, and I know we're still dealing with it, but um, it's somewhat in the rearview mirror. Now the construction on the plaza happens mm-hmm. uh, right at our front door. So Alter is yet to see a rolling, consistent 12 months of, of normal business flow, but we wouldn't have been here for four years without the support of the community. Uh, it's been phenomenal, um, and I, I can't thank uh, I can't thank St. Charles enough for supporting us. Yeah, 
Well, and of course, we love to have you guys here. And, yeah. you know, I know the community loves to have you guys here. So thank you for all that you guys have done because, you know, from the, the community give back programs now to, you know, the stuff that you do just to make alter you know a home for people to to come enjoy you know your craft brews and food i it's just been amazing to have you guys here so thank you thank you all again for listening to our podcast we hope you enjoyed it we'll have more episodes coming down the road so until then everyone stay safe stay healthy we'll see you all next time